Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much again, Blessed Senior Bishop, for, you know, agreeing to uh, serve the Lord in this magnificent manner. Um, you know, I certainly appreciate you a lot. So welcome to Repent America. Uh, this is definitely something uh, the Lord, you know, has spoken over it and said it will reach many. And then we are going by faith. So I want to thank you so much for taking time to come. And um, without further delay, I would want you to introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, please go ahead when you're ready. Amen. Thank you so much, Blessed Senior Pastor Susan. My name is Senior Bishop Susan Ndoi of Atlanta, Georgia. And um, the title Bishop uh, under the Ministry of Repentance and Holiness. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much again. We certainly appreciate that. And, you know, blessed people, uh, she is the presiding bishop of Atlanta, Georgia. What a powerful state. Uh, it's supposed to be one of the Bible belts. So definitely, uh, I just pray that, you know, a lot of people from that region, you know, will be tuning in and listening to, uh, you know, your anointed uh, bishop. There. So thank you so much again for, uh, you know, uh, calling in. So uh, this week, you know, what we wanted to look at was uh, on Tuesday, we posted uh, a message of the Lord. And basically, the message is asking Americans, it's asking the world, it's asking the Christians and every human that basically what are you willing are you willing to give up or what will you give up for christ jesus so i think it is a very important thing that we all need to sit back and look at because sometimes because of you know we are so much engulfed into the day-to-day -day activities you don't really you know take the time out to see what would you give up because the lord jesus christ gave up his life for us, for our salvation. What are we willing to give up for him, for doing all that for us, for saving us from the teeth of death, for saving us from the devil? So thank you so much again. So that is very important. So, um, you know, what does it mean uh, to follow the Lord Jesus Christ, please? Pastor Peter John, the question you asked is very, very huge. As Christians, we know that, first of all, we are called to be Christ-like, to follow the Lord, because um, when we look at nations, you ask yourself, how, what does it mean to be a citizen of a place? For example, when you are, an, we are you are born in America, you become American. If you are born to a certain nation, you become that a person from that nation. But then that is the identification that you have as a citizen of that land. When we look at 
being uh, what does it mean to follow the lord is a very broad um broad question we will see how we can tam- um tackle the question mm-hmm. uh, we, we want to understand first of all when we follow christ we are supposed to be holy people because when jesus died on the cross and the cutting of the temple was ruptured from top to bottom Christ Jesus, when he died and said it is finished, he ushered us into the holy of holies. Mm. And we became holy people. What do I mean by holy people? When you are covered by the blood of Jesus and you surrender your life to Christ Jesus, you do the will of God the Father. The Holy Spirit will come and indwell in you and help you to be holy. By crucifying the flesh. Um, essentially, when we read the book of uh, Luke, I'll pick one book, um, the book of Titus. Amen. Just one to see what we can say about what does it mean to follow the Lord. The book of Titus, chapter 2, verse 1 to 10. For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live a life self-controlled, upright and godly life in this present age. Mm. While we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. Um, Amen. Amen. Go ahead. Amen. Let's do this again. Um, Titus 2 1 to 10. You must speak what is in accordance with sound doctrine. Amen. Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self controlled, and sound in faith, in love, and in Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much again, uh, blessed uh, senior bishop. 
uh, Susan. You know, what you're saying is, you know, it's, it's, it's very important because, you know, some people, especially, you know, in America, this is intended to address all Christians, but especially, you know, American Christians, that when we receive the Lord, we receive the salvation that our Lord Jesus Christ gave us, then we just say, okay, you know, everything is enough. We don't basically truly, you know, give our lives to Christ. Uh, and, you know, it, 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 what, 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 what is important here is that, you know, it raises another question whether, you know, are we truly born again? Because if you are not truly born again, then you haven't given yourself fully to Christ. When Christ came, he did everything, the will of the Father. And it didn't matter when he had to serve the Lord, his, the Father. He did. It was basically a 24-hour service. But I see that, you know, in America, you know, you even see pastors taking vacation, you know, going to the beaches with their wives, you know, to be in basically in sin because they see the nudities and all those things. And whatever tool that your heart says and sees on that day of judgment, everything that is hidden will be brought out to light. So uh, I think the most important thing here in America is that uh, we have to be willing to give everything to Christ. You know, sometimes we put our jobs first. We put our families first. You know, everything. When it comes to God, God is always basically the last person. And then we even have a saying that he will understand. Well, I'm here to tell you, repent America, that he will not understand. Because the Father gave his only son for us, for all humanity. And for those who have come to the understanding, and because of the mercy of grace, they have received Christ. But that is not the end. That is just the beginning. That is just the beginning of the journey. The senior bishop just mentioned, it is work. You have to work at it. You know, it reminds me, uh, Hebrews 12, 14, where it says, make every effort, every effort, every effort. I stress on the word every effort means that it doesn't come easily. You know, the Lord Jesus Christ talks about the narrow road, you know, and the wider road. And the narrow road leads you to heaven. The wider road leads you to hell. So by looking at it, you just have to, you know, the Lord Jesus was using these particular metaphors to help us understand because of our human understanding, look, our level of understanding, he, he brought the understanding to us, the things that would help us understand. So if you talk about the narrow road, we know anything that is narrow is crowded. It's not easy to walk on. It is delicate. So it tells you that the Christian walk is diligence, effort. It's a constant struggle. 
It's a constant battle against the darkest world. And it is the responsibility of every Christian to say, my Lord has given his life for me. And then he resurrected to say that because of his resurrection, we too will have life, eternal life. What are we willing to give up? So uh, that is a very important Repent America. I ask you to challenge yourself to take a book and then write your priorities, God's priorities, and then begin to assess your own spiritual life and see what have you truly given up for Christ Jesus. Because he gave his own life. That is the ultimate sacrifice for you, for me. It is important that we begin to realize that in order to be truly and properly born again, you have to carry your cross on a daily basis. On a daily basis. And should you die before the Messiah comes, then you die with Christ. You see, and you will resurrect. And if the Lord comes back whilst you are still living, the rapture, then you will be caught up in the rapture too. So let us repent, America. Let us repent. Uh, you know, the, the, the door of repentance is still open, but it's closing fast. So let's take this opportunity to repent in Christ Jesus and then try to now answer this question. And the only way, the easiest way you could look at it in America is carry your cross on a daily basis. There's no holidays. There's no vacation. In this case, I'm not saying don't go and spend time with your family. I'm just saying that there's no taking a day off from God. Because you get up every day and who gives you the breath of life? The food, everything that you cherish and enjoy. Who gives that to us? So uh, this is something that America, I want you to take back. And, you know, think about it and see where you are and see how you treat Christ. If you put everything before Christ, then you need to basically reassess your walk with Christ and repent and come to Christ Jesus. Thank you so much again, uh, Blessed uh, Senior Bishop, for that. So my other question is that, you know, are you ready to give up everything for Christ America? You know, uh, it seems to me that I've talked a bit about it, but I'll let the Blessed Senior uh, Bishop also, uh, if I can hear your take on that. Amen. Thank you so much, Blessed Senior Pastor. Again, when we look at the Word of God, which is the mirror that we are supposed to go by, the book of Titus, chapter 2, 11 to 15, talk about how we should be a generation that can be rebuked. So that is a very, very serious thing that the Church of Christ today, especially in America, does not want to take. When we ask, when we hear the word rebuke, rebuke is love. When the Lord rebukes us, it is out of love. Because when we look at the Church of Christ today, you ask them, are you ready to give up all things 
think that you have um, accumulated for the sake of Christ. And you see, like, the pastors and the leadership in the church today, in this nation, do not want to rebuke sin in the church. Look at women in the churches, how they are dressed in mini skirts, tight skirts, long sleeves. Um, you, if you try to rebuke them, of course the pastors do not rebuke them because they do not want them to leave the house of the Lord because they will live with the money. It's about prosperity gospel. Mm-hmm. When you look at that, you ask them, are you ready to teach the word of God in and out of season? Are you ready to rebuke sin? Even if they all go and leave you with your family in that house of the Lord, and you are sure you are going to heaven, that will not be possible. Because this is a generation that since they were small, they were taught to call police if you try to do anything wrong to them. Um, if you do this, if you beat me, I'll call police. Um, so they grow up and, and they graduate into the church, in the adult church, like that, knowing that you cannot correct them. Correction is a no-go zone. You don't. You tell me this as a grown-up, I leave your church and I go to your enemy's church. Mm. That is very serious, especially because churches are enemies. That is my enemy's church and I don't want her to go there. Mm. But then if you rebuke her, she will leave your church, she will go to the neighbor's church, and she will make sure you see a house you're giving out cash in that in that church for building and projects. So it's all about the stomach, the horizontal gospel of this world, about how to live in this world comfortably. But when you look at coronavirus, you can tell that this world is not a place to long to live. And the Lord is trying to speak to this generation by sending coronavirus to make this generation know that this is not a place to be comfortable about. The, the, the prosperity gospel teachers are teaching the church to settle here, mm. to leave the people, to stay here, to focus here. It's nothing about vertical focus, focusing in the glorious kingdom of heaven. And the Lord is telling us everything is shakable or be shaken. Mm. But in here, right now, dead bodies everywhere. It's apocalyptic. There is no peace in that land. And this is love. The Lord is trying to tell us, I love you people. Start focusing in the kingdom of heaven. Stop focusing on this world. The things of this world are perishable. Mm. They're not long lasting. But the kingdom of heaven is eternal. So is America ready to start preaching the true gospel of the blood and cross of Jesus Christ without fear or favor? Whether the, the sheep of Christ leave, let them leave. You just preach the word of God. Don't dilute the word of God as a pastor. Preach it. Tell them to wear holy. Remember, God is holy and he is far away separated from sin. Remember, the kingdom of heaven is a holy kingdom. We cannot get in there with sin. It's about preparing for the kingdom of heaven. Even when you read the Bible, 
It's all about Jesus. About the cross and the blood of Jesus. Look from the book of Genesis. When 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 Adam and Eve sinned, the Lord came and slaughtered a lamb. Essentially signifying the name of God that should come and die for our sins. He slaughtered an animal and poured the blood to cover their nakedness. Mm. When they went, they, they sinned, they went and tried to twin to make to make twigs from the tree and hide and cover their nakedness, but they were still hiding. Because that was a spiritual problem. We cannot solve a spiritual problem with a human solution. Mm. And that is what the world is doing right now. Look at coronavirus. Yes, we are trying very hard to do for vaccines and do everything. Yet the Lord is saying, repent, ye nations of the earth. Repent and turn away from all things. And I will heal you. Mm. We are trying everything. Look how many people have perished. And the solution is very simple. Repent in sackcloth. Look at the, look at when Nineveh was warned. And the king listened. Mm. And they, they all went down in humility, put on sackcloth and put ash on themselves, and went down and fasted. And the Lord relented. But the nation today, especially the nation of America, we are very proud. Mm. We are a proud nation. We believe in our own strength. Mm -hmm. We believe we can do everything. We can solve all our problems because we have the best hospitals, the best doctors, the best infrastructure. We can do everything. We can go to space and Mars. But look when coronavirus came. Nothing. We could do anything. So mm -hmm. it's high time that we, the nation of America, start embracing the blood and the cross of Jesus. Start preaching the holy gospel of Christ, which is not diluted. Start rebuking sin without mercy. Because that way, pastors will be helping the sheep of Christ. Because one thing we know about the sheep of Christ, look at the sheep in Germany. They always follow the shepherd. Mm. And when even when they are lost, they still think they are going home. Mm. As long as they are following the shepherd. So the shepherd must be they must lead the sheep, the sheep home to the kingdom of heaven. Otherwise, sheep will always follow the shepherd. Even if he's lost, they still follow, and they all follow together. They don't even stop. They keep going. But the Lord will help this nation. If they listen to the voice of God, repent and prepare the way. The Messiah is coming. Thank you, Senior Pastor. Amen, uh, blessed senior uh, Bishop Susan. That is powerful. You know, you made some points that I wanted to, you know, uh, basically restate those points, like in terms of look at what is going on in India right now. It is fearful. You know, we see that uh, they are throwing away their idols, their gods, and all those things into the garbage, into the trash, because the gods have failed to help them against coronavirus. If you are in America, you would say, no, I don't have that in my room and all those things. But we have the idols of our hearts. So we're not better off in America. Because you know what we worship in America? We worship our cars, our properties, our homes, our wives, our children, our jobs. Those are all idols. 
that we need to be careful. Because the Lord is saying that he is a jealous God. A jealous God in Exodus. And we need to be careful. And repent. And repent. And then you mentioned, uh, you know, Nineveh. Which is very, very important. It should be something that this country should look at. Because this country was founded on Christian principle. You know, a Christian foundation. And we know that the reason, one of the major reasons why the devil was kicked out of heaven was pride. Was pride. We are a very proud nation and we need to watch that. We are nothing before the Lord. Every single thing that is created, every single ingenuity in this country, it is because God gave it to us. Because every single one of us, when we get up every day, we breathe air. Nobody charges us for us. Who makes the air is God. You know, we have to drink water. The water may come from a river, from a borehole, anywhere. Rain is God. So we have to think about all that as a nation. So there's nothing to be uh, proud of. We all need to come together just like Nineveh, because the Bible says that even their animals were sackcloth. If you wear a sackcloth out there right now, even Christians think you crazy. And that is telling you how far they are lost. This nation is lost. Because you ask yourself, do you really understand the word of God, which is in the Bible? Do you really know what touches the Lord's heart to look at you and forgive you. Because the Lord says that when, you know, uh, in Jeremiah, that if a nation disobeys me and I want to uproot, and I'm just paraphrasing, that nation, and if the nation comes back and repents, that I will relent in my judgment. I will relent. I will forgive them. I will turn around and heal them. Here we are. Coronavirus is here. We are using our human minds. And then, even as the Lord creates some reprieve for us, what are we doing? People are jumping back to the lives they came from. And that lives they came from was sin. Oh, you know, I want to go to, you know, back to the beaches in nudity. Oh, I want to now start traveling on the plane to visit a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and all those things immorality and yet you don't see anybody coming out to say i want to fight for jesus and even if they come out and say they're trying to fight for jesus they fight them for their pockets because before they say anything it is always about sowing a seed and then you mentioned one other important thing that i wanted to state is that these pastors are afraid to rebuke the sheep yes Pastors out there, remember when you are preaching the word of God, you are preaching it to God the Father, the Godhead. And when you preach a deceptive message, he sees that and it breaks his heart. So don't think that you're preaching to the sheep out there. Yes, you need to preach. They need to listen. 
but everybody is listening because those particular words will never fade away. And they are in our Bible. Those are the words, the true words of God. And they have power. And yet we don't preach that because of the world. Would you rather lose everybody and keep your salvation and maintain your salvation than to gain everything and keep every sheep and go to hell with, at them? That is the question we need to ponder. That is why Elijah has come. Elijah has come and he is here to restore us back to the altar of the Lord. And we can see examples in Kenyan right now. We see that almost every day, cripples are walking, cripples are walking, cripples are walking. You've, we've lost count of it. This nation was also created by God, Jehovah Yahweh. And if we just humble ourselves and repent, the Lord will heal us. And then we too in this country will see the revival. Because we have lots of cancers in this country. Lots of uncurable diseases. All the doctors are doing is they are maintaining it. They said they are treating it. They are not curing it. And then some people with situations, you go into their bathrooms and they have more than 10, 15, 20 medications they take. And each medication sometimes causes other issues. The solution is Jesus out there. The blood of Jesus is flowing right now, flowing, powerful in the church because we can testify to that, uh, blessed uh, senior bishop. We see that. So, America, it is high time we put Jesus Christ first. It is high time we remember that he created us all and it is high time we stop the hypocrisy by saying that we believe in Jesus and all those and yet we always put him last. Remember, one of the most important commandments, thou shalt love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. Jesus said that was the, one of the most important so if we truly want to be the true disciples of Jesus, that is the first principle we ought to adopt. Thank you so much again, blessed uh, Senior Bishop Souza. So, um, so how does you know your life change after you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior? And I'm asking this question is that uh, maybe if you look at yourself personally, how do you tell you know, Americans, how do you tell, you know, uh, Georgians, the peach state, <laughs> that, you know, that if you truly give yourself to Christ, and I mean truly born again, what are the things that you see in your life? And that is why I was saying that how does your life change after you receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior? Thank you. Go ahead when you're ready, please. Thank you so much. I will start by saying, when we receive Christ Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives and truly born again, first of all, we should always remember 
that we are automatically recruited into war. There is war. And this is the war between the physical and the spiritual. There is always a battle between flesh and the spirit. The spirit won't say, uh, the flesh won't say the spirit, no, they cannot mix. Because the kingdom of God where we are going and where we all want to go is the kingdom, is the spiritual kingdom. And nobody will enter there in flesh. The flesh will never inherit the kingdom of heaven. So one thing we know that there will be war because the body wants to eat, the flesh wants food. The spirit is saying, I need to fast. And it is now the battle between those two. And it's up to you to choose who must win. So when you are born again, again, if we look at the book of Second Titus, uh, Titus chapter number 2, verse 11. For the grace of God has now, uh, of God that brings salvation, has appeared to all men, teaching us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live a life of self-control, upright and godly lives in the present age while we wait for the blessed hope. You see, the grace of God means when Jesus came to this earth, he came and died. He was sacrificed. He was sacrificed and died a horrible death. And that was once and for all. When we look at the book of Hebrews 9, it says that Jesus Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sins of many. And will appear a second time, not to bear sin. You see, that right there is a great rebuke to present-day church. That yes, like the first Calvary was not enough. Mm. So when we are born again, we know that Jesus Christ died once and for all. And now it's time for Christians in Georgia to draw a line and write before salvation. On the other side, right after salvation. Mm. And this is you and your God. Nobody is looking at you. It's about your eternity. You say, number one, I need to lie. After salvation, am I still lying? This mm. is called a spiritual audit. It is a spiritual audit of your life. A practical spiritual audit. You write, number one, I need to lie. Number, on the other side, after salvation, ask yourself, am I still lying? Mm. Number two, I used to wear many tight skirts, you know, to move men mm. and to show them that I have, you know, I have a good figure. And, and, you know, we all know that every body is dressed for a purpose. Mm. Nobody dresses without knowing you have a purpose. There is an intention of why you dress like how you dress that day. So while women in the house, they go to their, to their room and dress in very tight mini skirts because that day they'll be going to the front and they'll be praised and worshipped mm. in the house of the Lord in mini skirts, putting Vaseline on their legs, wearing mm. Vaseline on their legs so that they can, the men can look at their legs and lust after them mm. because that is what is happening in the house of the Lord today. So you ask yourself that this question. Before salvation, I used to wear mini tight skirts. 
for the purpose of making merry last Sunday or the Pascha, which would be the last Sunday. To us, the salvation, are you still wearing the mini tight cap, smearing Vaseline on your on your head, sinless men, wearing those long Indian hairs, and wearing putting um, all the makeup you have on you on your face and going to the to the pool the holy altar of the Lord with an intention of making men last So you go the other side as you do your spiritual check. Are you still wearing the What is your intention as you go to the house of the Lord? Is it the intention of worship? Are you going to worship the Lord? Or are you going to make people fall into sin? You can go ahead and get number three. with men in sexual immorality. When I got born again, am I still doing it? Am I still going with men and still saying I'm born again? Come Sunday, I go to church. As usual, I go to the front and worship the Lord, the Holy God of Israel. That is the Holy God of Israel that is still today, the one who finished Sodom and Gomorrah. is still the Holy God of Israel that we worship today. He has never changed. Hmm. And you, you ask the pastor, why are you not rebuking sin? They said, we are in post-modern world. You, you can touch it. You have to be gentle with the sheep. You know, you cannot do that. You have to be. This is post-modern world. And I ask myself this question. Hmm. When you look at the cross of Jesus Christ, is it not the old, dirty, rugged cross? The one that is tainted with blood. Mm. Has it changed? Why are you changing? Why are you changing the gospel? Why are you making the gospel postmodern when we know that we are serving the ancient God of Israel? Mm. The one that does not tolerate sin. He has zero tolerance to sin. Why are you pastors changing the word? Why are you changing? When Jesus Christ came to this earth, he did not change the gospel. He preached the gospel every day and warned the people of, about hell. He told the people that there is hell. And he gave all the parables, like the one in Matthew 22, about a man that came in without a wedding garment. Mm. And that man was thrown outside in the cold, meaning he was thrown into hell. Mm. And remember, the Bible says, when the Lord came, the, the, the master came, the master of the banquet came, he found one man who was not dressed in the wedding garment, and he asked, friend, how did you get here without the wedding garment? Mm. That word friend means that that person they knew each other with the master. Mm. This is Jesus Christ asking the church today. You are the friend of Christ. Mm. The church is the friend of Christ. And you will appear before the Lord in the wedding feast. Will you be having the wedding garment? The garment of righteousness in Revelation chapter 19 verse 8. Mm. Bright and clean. 
the garment that Jesus Christ purchased on the cross. And he died a painful death to purchase that cross. It was not a joke. When you look at pastors in the house of the Lord, preaching and making people laugh, and women want to go there because that pastor makes me laugh. I like him, he's very funny. Is hmm. there anything funny about the cross of Jesus? Is there any fun when Jesus was going to the cross on Calvary cross? Is there any funny fun in that road to Calvary? Pastors, you must change. You must preach the pure gospel. You must preach the blood and the cross of Jesus. Look at the, uh, the, the, the look at Peter and James and John. They preached Christ Jesus crucified, crucified, died, and resurrected. Mm. When they were eating, they were talking about Jesus Christ, who died, who was crucified, died, and resurrected. When they went to bed, they dreamt Jesus Christ, who died, who was crucified, died, and resurrected. Everything they did was about Jesus Christ, who was crucified, died, and resurrected. Mm. We must change the gospel. Now we must start preaching the blessed gospel of Jesus Christ, who was crucified, died, and resurrected. We cannot make fun anymore in the house of the Lord, because this is the holy altar of the Lord. So as Christians, ask yourself, how have I changed? If I say I'm born again, am I still living the old fashion, the old style that I used to live when I was in the world? Because in the world, you find immorality, you find people going to the club, you find people going to the movies, you find people drinking a little, you know, like, for example, this postmodern world, as they call it, you can drink a little wine, there is no problem. Mm. But remember, God is far away, separated from sin. Mm. And if you want to follow Christ, we must separate from sin. And by the help of the Holy Spirit, it is possible because the Lord will help us. He died, Jesus died for us so that you may see the kingdom of glory. Mm. Please, Pastor. Thank you. Thank thank you so much. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much because, you know, what you were saying, um, you know, for the listeners out there, you know, I just became so touched that I have to gather myself because you asked an interesting, I mean, a very serious question. Was it a joke when the Lord Jesus Christ was going to the cross? No, this was not a joke. And neither should uh, should we, you know, create jokes on the pulpit, on the altar of the Lord. Mm. You know, you, uh, you, you said something when you were beginning. You said there is always a constant battle between the flesh and the spirit and i just wanted to read this scripture out there 
which is First uh, Corinthians 15, verse 50. And it says that, I declare to you, and I'm reading the NIV version, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishability. So it is here. The flesh is constantly at war with the spirit. And that is why the Lord is saying right here, that flesh will not enter the kingdom of God. So I, you know, a friend of mine told me something. He said when he is trying to do the work of God, or he's trying to read the Bible or study something, which has to do with the word of God, that the moment the flesh begins to tell him not to do it, that's when he masters the courage to even do it. Because then he knows that the flesh is always fighting the spirit. The Lord left us so much power. The question is, do we know what the power is to be able to harness it? And that power is in holiness, is in righteousness. That power is what Christ did on the cross. Because on that cross, when he said it was finished, the devil was defeated forever. So how do we let the devil come back in our life to malign us on a daily basis? Yes, he's not going to give up. Because when a war broke out in heaven, guess what? The devil and his angels, they fought against Michael and his angels. So there's always one thing if we know is that the devil never gives up. He always fights back. But the Lord is telling us and assuring us that the reason the devil is not in heaven is because he lost. And he lost again on the cross. So, you know, the Christians out there, the pastors out there, you can defeat the devil. But the way to defeat the devil is being holy and being righteous as stated in Isaiah 35, you know, verse 8 and 9. Thank you so much again, uh, Blessed Senior Bishop. So my next uh, question I wanted you to talk about, because with everything that is going on, you know, is America uh, really aware that Elijah is walking on among us right now? When we look at the Bible, when Jesus was here on earth, the children of Israel knew that Jesus would come back. And they had their preconceived mind of how Jesus would look like when he comes. He will come as a king, he will restore the kingdom of David, and they had their own version of how Jesus would come like. That is why they ended up rejecting him. And Jesus finally left and went to the Gentiles when he met the centurion, the centurion man. And he, when he met the faith of the centurion, he called the Gentile revival. When we look at the same Bible today, we know that God promised us Elijah in the book of Malachi, chapter 4, verse 5. 
but I will send let me read that um, Malachi chapter 4 verse 5 is where the promise is Amen. I know it's in other books but let's read the one in 4 5 Amen. see I will send you the prophet Elijah before the great and dreadful day of the Lord comes he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers or else I will come and strike the land with a curse. Mm. When we see that promise in the Bible, we know that the Lord himself promised us Elijah. And everybody can have the idea of what Elijah will look like. But the Lord God in his sovereignty has brought Elijah back. And we will know Elijah by what is happening around Elijah. Mm. Elijah comes to restore the broken altar of the Lord. He will come to remove the idol worship in the house. There is one who has come in the spirit and in the, in the, in the physical body of Elijah. And he has gone across the world, the globe. It's everywhere on YouTube went to India, went to Pakistan, went to Finland, went to Helsinki, went everywhere in the earth, preaching the gospel of repentance and turning away from sin, telling the nations to repent and turn away from sin. And one everywhere the, the prophet went, and the Lord spoke and said, and you shall know that the prophet of the Lord has walked with us. The prophet went, I'll give one example, went to uh, Chile mm. and said, unless you repent, there will be an earthquake in this land. And that earthquake happened. Mm. Went to Japan, prophesied Japan earthquake, it happened. Mm. Went to Haiti, prophesied the Haitian earthquake, it happened. The, the prophet of the Lord is walking the earth right now. He has opened heaven in Rima, Peru. Mm. Went to Rima, Peru and said, he said two months before he got there, he said, when I get to, to Rima, Peru, I will command heaven to open and when heaven will open, and the Holy Spirit rain will rain. Mm. Remember, Lima Peru is the second driest land after Cairo. Yes. It, the sky is dry. It, it's like a rock. It doesn't rain. So two months, two months ahead of the prophet going to that land. It's on YouTube. He said, and when I get to Lima Peru, I'll open, I'll command the heaven open, and there will be the Holy Spirit rain. It happened just like they said, word for word. The prophet of the Lord in 2015 prophesied Corona virus. And the prophet said, I see a big disease. And this disease will begin to start from Asia. There will be lack of equipment. And then the Lord God took the prophet to India, and he sees 
they blocked us and we made the doctor. The doctor told the prophet in that dream and vision that we need culture. We need to culture, meaning it's a new disease. Mm. Then, at the, then the, the prophet says, and this disease will throw the entire globe. Remember that is 2015. Yep. And when this will happen, remember the Messiah is coming. That was a, a, a prophecy that was sitting on YouTube and nobody knew the seriousness of that prophecy. And when it, the time came, the pro, remember the prophet from the road seemed very far away. They see far. They are the, they, they are the seers. They see far. They are the watchers. When they see danger, they tell people, there's danger coming. So they told us, they warned us. And the solution is repentance. But we did not, we ignored. We, we preferred to stand here where the Lord has been. Because we don't want to imagine that the prophet has come in the fashion the Lord wanted him to come. We have our own fashion as Americans. We want him to come as a white man. Mm. Or we say he's supposed to come from um, Israel and he should look like the Jews. But God in his sovereignty has brought Elijah back. The prophet Elijah is back. He's called, he, he is back. And he is preaching repentance. Prophet Dr. David Owo, preaching repentance and holiness. Going group by group. Telling people to repent and turn away from sin. There is nowhere in the world the devil has ever sent someone to preach repentance, mm. to preach holiness, to tell people to turn away from sin. Nowhere the devil has ever done that. The Lord God Himself has sent us help. And this help has come. And if people will not listen to this voice, they will there is no option. If God himself has sent a messenger with a letter, you cannot ignore this messenger and say, well, I'll, I'll do what I want. I'll be fine. I'll get there by myself. No. The letter has come, and you cannot ignore the messenger who God has sent. Because you'll be essentially saying, God, you are wrong. We don't need you. If you reject the messenger of God, you reject God himself. Hmm. So it is high time that people see what is going on in the nation, in the world. We are getting closer and closer. The ark, uh, the, the, the ark is about to close. The, the, the ark of Noah is about to close. And once that door closes, it will not be opened again. Remember, it is shutting day by day as we see we see things happening in the world. Look at India. What even even the the, 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 the news are, are announcing and saying it's apocalyptic. What is happening in India is apocalyptic. The prophet of the Lord went to Australia in the year twenty thirteen. And the prophet said, I see the judgment of God in this land. I have seen small mice and rodents so many of them chasing each other and they are biting my feet. They are like biting my feet. They're everywhere. Why so many, so many? 
and they're in the land. And I see the judgment of God coming to the nation of Australia. That was year 2013. What do we see right now? Who comes and says exactly what is going to happen? When you listen to the news, the news said they are biting their feet and crawling on their faces at night. Look at that sad news because the Lord is telling Australia, repent. And this is love. The nation must repent and remember that Elijah is here. And once Elijah has come, he has come to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. And we must listen. We must obey. We must follow the instructions. Otherwise, we cannot be forgiven. We mm. cannot ignore God and then aspire to enter his kingdom. Mm. God is holy. God is just. He's faithful. He promised in the Bible, I'll send my prophet. And the prophet Elijah is here. And the nation of America cannot ignore. America, you can't ignore this. Elijah is walking the earth. If you want to prove, look at what is happening. When a prophet goes and tells people to repent, remember even during the days of before, the days of old, God sent his prophet. Some of them were beaten, were killed, everything, even the last Jesus himself, they killed. But this time round, the Messiah is coming as a king and the way is being prepared. He's coming to judge sin. And everything you have ever done in your life will be judged. And where you go will be determined by how you live your life on this earth. Are you living a holy life? America, repent. Mm. Thank you so much, Blessed Pastor Peter John. Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, you've said it all. Um, you know, you have made a case. Uh, I would call it a case against America because you have given, gone through, you know, these examples to prove that Elijah is walking and then we all need to repent as a nation. And, you know, I remember uh, the last teaching, uh, which would have been on Wednesday, just this past Wednesday. He called, the prophets of the Lord called America by name and said, I have warned you several times to repent. Mm. I've warned you several times. Mm. And you know, that is favor. Because the Lord doesn't have to warn us. He can just judge us and nobody can ask or take him anywhere. So, America, it is time for us to repent. It is time for us to repent in sackcloths and ashes. It is time for us to have a national day of repentance, not national day of prayers, and not interfaith prayers, national day of repentance. And it starts with the priesthood. So all the priesthood out there, please, let us go. Let us ask the questions. You know, if you go to www repentandpreparetheway.org that is the Lord's website you will see all that if you have questions or you could go to repentusa.net the synagogue bishop the pastors, the bishops informations are there, you can reach out and we can come together as a nation, as one man and stand before the Lord and ask for forgiveness 
Thank you so much. So uh, as we wrap up, I just wanted to ask if anybody in Georgia, in the region listening, uh, and they wanted to reach you, because this is a holy ministry, the ministry of the Lord, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, where instructions are taken directly from the Holy Spirit. How will they reach you, please? Thank you so much, Blessed Pastor Peter John. I can be reached on the number 706-224-6974. Again, 706-224-6974. And if you go to repentusa.net, um, you find the information of the bishops, pastors, and senior bishops. You can feel free, feel free, and contact any of them, and the Lord will guide you and instruct you. Please listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and do not reject the word of God tonight. Thank you so much, blessed Senior Pastor Peter John, for having me. Amen, amen, and thank you, thank you so much again for taking time off your busy schedule, you know, definitely to serve the Lord. It is power. Uh, and these are some of the things that we were talking about, especially this discussion. What are you giving up? What would you give up for Jesus? You know, th these are some of the things. You know, we all have lifestyle, but we put the Lord first in everything that we do. Holiness, we prior holiness, righteousness in our lives because our God is holy, holy, and holy. Let us repent. For those of you who want to receive the Lord, uh, please repeat this prayer. Uh, dear Jesus, my heart may be weak, but I know that your cross and blood are very strong, very mighty, and out of that cross, the anointing of this hour has come. The empowering strength of God. I repent of all my sins now, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior and ask you to forgive me of all my sins and establish holiness in my life. May you write my name and keep it in the Lamb's Book of Life in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus, I am born again. Amen. If you have repeated, repeated this prayer, you are born again. Please do not go back into sin. Please change your ways. Uh, please look for an altar in the ministry of repentance and holiness. Uh, as the Senate Bishop has just mentioned, if you go to repentusa.net, that is the Lord's website here in the United States, you will be able to see, depending on where you are, which state, you'll be able to see uh, on a page called, you know, pastors and altars, you would see the priesthood, the new priesthood that the Lord is raising. And their informations are there. You can uh, contact any of them. Of course, if you are in a region where there's a pastor, contact them. They will be able to disciple you, organize as the Lord opens and relents a bit for baptism. I want to thank you so much again for actually listening to this particular program. As the Lord leads, we will talk to you again next Tuesday. Thank you and thank you. May God bless you. Shalom, shalom.